I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined by my co-host, Helen. Hello, everyone. And this is episode 73 of our Squiggly Careers podcast, continuing to explore all the ins and outs of how to develop the skills to succeed, whatever success looks like to you in a squiggly career, from interview skills to discovering your values, asking for a pay rise and how to manage stress at work, which actually we were talking about right before this podcast. So I feel I feel like uh, managing stress at work is one of those where it will never be ticked off the to-do list. And actually, I heard, as a slight aside on the stress point, I heard a lady called Carolyn Everson talk yesterday who's got a very senior job at Facebook. And she talked about work-life balance. And I always think it's really fascinating to hear people talk about that sort of stuff and kind of what their points of view on, on that are. And her, her perspective was you can make everything work you just can't make everything work in the same moment and I thought that was actually a really smart way to think about it so she sort of said look I accept that sometimes I'm fully in work and that does mean I have to make compromises elsewhere and then when I'm there I'm very present and I want to be really in and kind of enjoying it and then I will at other times prioritize my family or making sure I'm doing exercise all those other things and her thing was very kind of pragmatic she was like in the round as in within a week within a month are you making everything work rather than worrying about every single day I quite liked that I sort of found that quite inspiring because I feel that that's more realistic maybe it just sounds quite nice and normal doesn't it yeah it does it does for somebody as well who clearly travels a lot is obviously away quite a lot and she was also uh, talking about mindfulness and meditation and it made me feel better that like me she still hasn't cracked it and she's been trying it for six years she said (laughs) um and still finds it quite hard so I was like oh you know everyone's a work in progress and very excitingly since our last podcast I'm going to say we but I definitely mean the royal we here given I did very little to contribute to this uh, we've launched in Amsterdam Hooray! which is very exciting and it was a very unusual reality to be sitting at home in the outskirts of London watching Helen with the brilliant Joe and Reese launch over in Amsterdam so I was there glued to Instagram stories being like oh the room looks amazing look at all the people and it sounded like it went down really well it was brilliant. The room was full. There was lots of lovely energy. It was great to, yeah, just meet lots of different people who'd heard about us from different ways. Joe and Reese were, were brilliant. And we had some drinks at the end of it, which we don't normally have drinks in our London courses. Ooh. So I feel like they might be one-upping us a little bit. I That's know, interesting. Sarah. Oh, I thought you meant you'd actually gone um, like out for a drink afterwards, but you actually had them in the room. Well, 
We did, did that too. We did that right, as well. Okay. We did that as well. Uh, <laughs> Joe and Reese are working with us on Amazing If alongside their jobs for Diageo, which is a drinks company. So they knew all the oh, great spots in uh, Amsterdam that they took me to. If anybody does want to ever come on any of our evening courses, we run them in uh, London and now Amsterdam and we run them monthly and you can find all the details for those on the website. So yeah, make sure you have a look if you want to come to any of our courses on things like the futures or values or strengths, confidence or networking every month happening in London or Amsterdam. Yeah. So this week then on the podcast, what are we talking about? Well, our topic, I feel like it's a really important, but it's a bit of a tricky topic. And I think we've got some really heartfelt stories to share uh, this week. And the, the topic is about perfectionism and how perfectionism is actually on the rise at work and what challenges that can create for people individually and also for the organisations that we work within. And I think most importantly, some ideas that we have and advice and tips for how you can take control of perfectionism if it's something that might be getting in your way at work so it feels like quite an important topic for us to have and I think I'm really looking forward to having a bit of an honest conversation about where it shows up for Sarah and I and things that you can do to kind of stop it holding you back yeah so as I was digging into this um I was trying to think about in the context of squiggly careers so squiggly careers are ones where there is quite a lot of movement where the shape of people's careers are changing they're not linear anymore maybe there's horizontal moves people's expectations of what they want from work are different we're working in different ways in the context of all of that squiggliness I was pondering to myself what well, you know what's the impact on perfectionism does it create an environment where perfectionism is on the rise and there was some research that I found it and it's been conducted between a like, really long period of research 1989 and 2016 wow. and it's the first piece of research that's been done to compare attitudes towards perfectionism over generations mm. to basically help you to understand what's happening with perfectionism basically and with all this change going on and the research has found that there is significant increases in people's attitudes towards perfectionism i.e a need to feel like you have to be perfect a need to kind of seek perfectionism at work in the us the uk and canada when they did this research over that time period on graduates when you look into the issues that that creates when you look into what challenges does perfectionism create for people the research says that it can cause very significant mental health challenges, things like increased anxiety, depression, stress. I mean, there's a BBC article which lists them. Again, we'll link to the BBC article. But the outcomes of perfectionism are not good. They're not good for the individual. They're not good for the organisation. And worryingly, it's on the rise. And I do wonder whether... Like the Instagram world and the you know all those articles of what the most successful people do, all those kind of listicles that you get. I do wonder whether that's also creating this sort of bubble where people think that you have to be perfect and there's almost like a lack of transparency about what reality is like. Like, you know, when you talked about the lady at the session that you went to, she was quite honest yeah. about things that, that she's struggling with. That's really good. If we had more of that, maybe there would be less of this need for perfectionism, but it is on the rise. So what does it actually mean to be a perfectionist? I think it's quite interesting when you look at what the signs of perfectionism are. And it's someone who tends to avoid mistakes, ideally at kind of at any cost, they really want to avoid mistakes, or someone who sets unachievable goals. I actually found that definition really interesting. So avoids mistakes and unachievable goals, because intuitively when we were starting to look at perfectionism, I thought... I can see how this is a challenge and I've definitely worked with people where, you know, they're real perfectionists and I can see how that can sometimes be difficult for them and for other people. Oh, but I'm not in this bracket. I've definitely done a kind mm. of 
this is not something that I struggle with. I'm always <laughs> like, I, I don't worry about not being perfect. I think I'm far from it, but it doesn't feel like it gets in my way. However, when I then read that definition, it's really caused me to reevaluate because though the unachievable goals one doesn't resonate with me in the same way, I'm definitely a mistake avoider. And I would be that kid in school who would only put my hand up if I was 100% sure I was going to get an answer right. Do you know what's interesting, Sarah, is I read that definition and I was like, oh, I don't avoid mistakes. I'm fine with mistakes, but I do set unachievable ah. goals. Oh, so, no. like... so together <laughs> we're like the ultimate bad oh, perfectionist. No. <laughs> that is really interesting. At least we can laugh about it or cry, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, one or the other. And actually, I was thinking about what drives this. And there was a kind of really interesting quote that said, people who are walking around as perfectionists are ultimately afraid that the world is going to see them for who they are and that they won't then measure up. And I was then thinking about how this mistake avoidance shows up at work and has shown up in work for me in the past. And I think that's probably what's been kind of driving me in terms of things like not asking questions, potentially working really hard to make sure that you can try not to kind of make any mistakes because I think I really associated making any mistakes with then the implications in terms of then what people would then think about me and that they would then go, oh, well, if she's made a mistake, that means she's not very good at her job, that people would be making judgments about me, that they think she's in over her head. And actually, even the idea, and still now, the idea of making mistakes, I actually find very hard. I can, I really over-reflect on them. They actually make me feel a bit sick, even like talking about them, Mm. like physically, it makes me get all closed and I'm like oh no I really really just don't like the idea of it and actually even this week I've been rereading a really good book called Do Fly which is by Gavin, Gavin Strange and in Do Fly he talks a lot about different projects and working on interesting side projects and creativity and there's a really good piece of advice that he got from a friend in there that says don't make it perfect make it now and I thought that's actually a really nice kind of propelling statement to think about where perfectionism can kind of get in our way and I do sometimes think that probably I have a tendency because I get so worried about making mistakes to not quite finish stuff off not kind of release stuff or to press go because I'm continually tinkering for that little bit too long and that's probably where I actually I can see that you and I have different views of kind of being perfectionist because actually you, you don't do that I don't think no, I've, I'm just gonna like ship it, get it done, so <laughs> like, get it out. Because <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't like not like in my mind. I kind of think, oh, that's because Sarah maybe has a higher quality bar than me. It's kind of how I reflect on it, rather than Sarah's got a fear of making a mistake. But yeah, I don't have that same thing. I'm sort of fine to move it forward, and then maybe it comes back and make a mistake. But I definitely have some of my own perfectionist issues based on that definition. So don't you worry, I'll share mine. <laughs> and that's that last point, I guess, in terms of there's a difference between often. I think people. F- almost give themselves permission to act in this way because you do do the oh it's because I've got a really high quality bar you're telling yourself it's okay but they are different there's a point where I think it kind of tips over from actually this is in pursuit of brilliance and like really excellent stuff I think there's something we're going to talk about kind of later on where actually they were saying that perfect is the enemy of great I think I think if you're probably a bit more like me and you have more of a fear of failure you know mistakes can get in your way remembering that actually at what point does it stop being great and you start to kind of tip into this, you're just trying to make it too perfect and then you're probably stopping it from being great. So almost that end goal is then becoming diminished because you you just keep going and keep going. So I feel like you can I, tell me yeah. about yours now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, just um, on that point around the, it's a bit of a cop-out to be like, oh, I've just got high standards. I was looking into some of the stuff and, and I saw these definitions about there is, some people think there's like a healthy perfectionism and an unhealthy perfectionism. Right whereby a healthy perfectionism is this high standards, motivation and discipline, which could just be termed like conscientiousness. And then unhealthy perfectionism is when your best never seems good enough and not meeting unachievable goals frustrates you. So you sort of set yourself up to fail, weirdly. But then there were other people that were saying, no, 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 no perfectionism is good perfectionism. And that actually even framing it as healthy perfectionism creates this environment where people who Mm. are perfectionists are sort of covering themselves and being like, oh, well, it's just high standards. And that actually it shouldn't be seen of as that way because of perfect is the enemy of great. So, yeah, I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing that people might sometimes hold it up as a a thing of pride (laughs) when actually it could be something that gets in your well, way I reckon it's that classic and actually I wouldn't say this in an interview but I've heard other people say it you know when people say sure. oh you know about weaknesses I've got really high standards so I probably just keep <laughs> working on stuff for too long now I actually would never say that because I don't I've got other weaknesses that I probably would come higher yeah. up in the list to be honest <laughs> but I have heard people say that and it's actually it never feels like a positive thing to say I don't think you know people go I'm a bit of a perfectionist as if it's something to be proud of whereas then mm. I when someone says that I'm often thinking okay, so does that mean you don't get stuff done on time or that you're stressed because you want everything to be so amazing that you then end up working longer? So it's interesting. Something that resonated with me when I was looking at it was that people who are perfectionists are very self-critical, but they're also very critical of other people Mm. because they start looking at other people and creating standards for them as well. And I I think in an interview, I'd be thinking, okay, how is that going to fit with the team? Because if you're quite judgmental about those sorts of things, what environment is that going to create for other people? I mean, particularly if you're hiring a manager. So yeah, I wouldn't see it as... um, I'd say it as a positive if someone's having an honest conversation about it, but not if they were trying to turn it into some kind of badge of honour. No, no. So my experience is then, when I started to think about the podcast, I was like, am I a perfectionist? And I was thinking, well, I'm fine with mistakes. I'm all right with failure. So I I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm not a perfectionist. And then I was like, you can't say that, Helen. Like, think a bit deeper. And I thought about the amount of times that I go, I'm fine. (laughs) Like, I don't know, do you recognise that in me? I feel like I will often have quite a lot of work on because I like having lots of work I need lots of work whatever it is I've got an achievement driver but I'll often have quite a lot of work on which will create maybe a sense of mild stretch slash stress sometimes in me a lot of it self-created because I have invited that work and when people ask me how I am a lot of the time my default response to it is I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine because I think part of it is that I don't even want to get into the conversation and part of it is a bit of a self-assurance thing. And potentially because I set these unachievable goals. Like, I'm like, I want to do that, I want to do that, I want to do that. And I was thinking about, well, how has that got in your way? Actually, is it a problem or is it just a coping mechanism or has it actually got in your way? And I thought about when I was back at BP and I was going through a particularly tricky situation when I was at BP. I was travelling a lot. I had some difficult stakeholder relationships going on and I had either been given too much work or I'd invited too much work. I don't know, to be honest, but I was feeling the pressure. And I was saying quite a lot that I'm fine to the extent that I physically wasn't fine. Like mm. at one point I was having like a heart palpitations, like this had gone on for months and months and months. And I don't know if you remember at the time, yeah, Sarah, I do. but like I kept saying I'm fine and I really wasn't fine. I had this heart palpitation. I was like, what is this? And I didn't, at first, I didn't connect the two. Then I actually realised, do you know what? I think this is actually causing way more strength than I'm even admitting to myself. And to be fair, 
I have definitely made my husband aware of it. We'd had a lot of conversations about what was going on at work. And I think I'd, I think I'd talked to friends. I'm pretty sure I'd talked to you about yeah. it, Sarah. And I'd, I had even talked to my manager about it, but it hadn't resolved. And it makes me think that part of my perfectionism might show up in setting these goals and then causing myself stress you know when we talked about earlier what are the repercussions of this perfectionism causing myself stress when I don't achieve them it doesn't happen all the time and that was a particularly peaky moment of it but I can I can see threads of it in my career yeah I mean I remember when you were working at Virgin in a job that you were really enjoying but every time I saw you it was always just I'm fine I'm fine Um, (laughs) because you were in a particularly you know you got some really high objectives that you'd probably set for yourself and that you know you were trying to launch something so again you were trying to do quite a lot in quite a short space of time again it's just I think it's interesting to kind of hear you talk about them because I think you naturally like to set big goals you're somebody who enjoys goal setting that's something that you you know you find useful and, and kind of helpful in terms of what you want to do but I guess sometimes when you then don't get to those goals or when it's feeling very hard to get to those goals I'm never sure you're great at like giving yourself a break. Like I think a lot of us would just yeah. be like, mm, should we just watch Friends for a bit, or should, yeah, I wouldn't do should it, we just I? get Netflix it's... on? Whereas your attitude <laughs> would just be, well, no, I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. And again, this is the thing about well, actually, if the goal is wrong in the first place, then it almost doesn't matter what you do. And I think you would go quite far in trying to get there. Yeah. But actually, then yeah. that can't be that good for you, and it can't be that good for the organisation either. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And I, I did. I had to reflect quite deeply on it. And so I, my advice for someone listening would be that definition. I think Sarah and I have found quite useful about perfectionism being about a fear of kind of making mistakes or potentially setting these unachievable goals and just having a think about that, where that might be showing up in your career. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. Should we go on to some top tips to help people? Yes, yes, um, let's do that. I guess, I don't know whether you overcome being a perfectionist, but I guess it's not letting it get in your way, isn't it, from, you know, yes. doing your best work and, and actually enjoying your work. Because, And we've both recognised that when this 
becomes particularly heightened, it does get in your way. Usually it means you're not enjoying what you're doing. It usually means you're probably more stressed. You're probably not having such good relationships with people around you. I actually remember that time when you were working at BP and I I remember knowing that you were struggling, but actually never seeing you because obviously you were traveling a lot. Yeah. So again, you know, yeah. you, can, yeah. you can see you can see the impact of sort of going, it probably also feels quite lonely when you're kind of going through some of these things. And so the first top tip is to think about the negative consequences of your perfectionism. So work out for yourself if this is something that does get in your way. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm guessing it probably does in some way, shape or form. And then work out what's the impact. So rather than just seeing it as this thing that you just have or that just happens a bit like Helen and I have tried to do today was kind of sharing some of our examples how does it stop you from being as good as you potentially could be so if you think about my example of not wanting to make mistakes and kind of a fear of failure well the impact of that then means that I ask less questions let's say as a very specific example and then the impact of that means that you learn less you grow less you're probably a less understanding manager or leader because you're kind of not prepared to put yourself in situations where you might be shown up or not necessarily know the answer and yeah even further than that you're probably role modeling a behavior that you wouldn't want your team to kind of do the same thing so you can quite quickly I think once you start to identify for yourself where you're kind of almost at your worst for some of this stuff, then go, well, what are the threads then? What's the impact in terms of what happens? And just remember that point about perfect is the enemy of great. So if you want to do brilliant work and do amazing stuff that you're really proud of, this will get in your way. This will stop you from doing that. Even if it feels like it potentially doesn't, I suspect when you start to pick it apart a little bit, interrogate it a bit, you'll start to work out, actually, I do realise it's either because... I get a bit stressed or I'm working too much or my relationships are not as good. And the second tip we've got is all about the language that you use and being more aware of it in terms of perfectionism. So if you have this as a trait, it might be that you are potentially being hypercritical. So that's not good enough. How do we keep making it better? That goal's not ambitious enough. I don't think that's right. Whatever it is, there are lots of ways in your language that your perfectionism trait might be showing up. And so just to observe yourself a little bit, if you can do that for yourself, but sort of listen to what you're saying in certain meetings, particularly where you might feel that your perfectionism is triggered. So mine, if mine is genuinely about these unachievable goals, I will know that that will probably show up. If Sarah and I are having like a review meeting or a planning meeting about Amazing If, for example, that would be a prime time for my unachievable goal setting (laughs) thing to be start to show up. So that would be a me to be very aware of the language that I'm using. I also think it might be helpful for you to tune into that language of other people. So again, for me, knowing Sarah and knowing her well and knowing this thing about um, kind of making mistakes, I could potentially tune into her language and play that back to her as a bit of a mirror to some of the words that she might be saying. So just become a little bit more aware, not just in terms of your actions that you might be taking for perfectionism, but also in the language that you are using. And tip number three is to remember that you are often your own worst critic. And I think when you think about some of the traits or the things that get in your way and imagine other people had those things and imagine, you know, what you would be saying to people if they were asking for your advice on, you know, oh, I don't want to make mistakes or I fear failure or I feel like I've got pressure to set these really big goals. You know, often... If that was somebody you work with or a friend, you would have lots of empathy and say, 
well, you know, you're being really unrealistic. You're setting yourself up to fail or with ridiculous standards and, you know, give yourself a break. It's okay to to make a mistake sometime. We all make mistakes. It's really important to just make sure you learn from them. The more I think about this, the more I think often maybe some of this stuff is probably linked to some of our confidence gremlins. Because I think if you think about confidence gremlins are the things get in your way, those little voices in your head that kind of stop you from doing things, I can really see how my sort of perfectionism is linked to my confidence gremlins. And again, this is where you're often going, because it's a gremlin, you find it particularly hard. But if somebody else came and talked to you about it, you'd probably give them some really good advice. So just try and like give yourself a break, I think is probably that tip. And I think linked to that is the next one, which is around tip number four is about lower the stakes. Yeah. So as a perfectionist, you want it to be the best. You want it to be done the quickest. You might want it to be better than somebody else's. That might all be factors at play. And it creates a really hard environment to fail in, for example. So lower the stakes. And actually, if I reflect on some things that Sarah and I have done for Amazing If, I actually think we've done this pretty well. If I think about when we started the podcast, for example. So we started the podcast. Was the first one in 2017, Sarah, I think, when we started the Confidence Gremlins Yeah, I think so. And we started it not because we wanted to have the best podcast in the world and we had this like really unachievable goal. We started it because we wanted to learn how to do a podcast and we were passionate about helping people with their careers. And we didn't almost create stakes, to be honest. It was, will this help us learn? Yes. Do we enjoy doing it? Yes. Okay, let's do it. And I think a little bit about that is Amsterdam. So as of last week, we now have a business in Amsterdam, but we're not saying it's got to be brilliant overnight and it's got to meet all these goals. We're saying actually for Joe and Reese as well, the partners in Amsterdam, let's all just learn together. Let's learn how we do this. Let's share learning with each other. If this is, we're able to reach people in a new way here, fantastic. And if it doesn't, then again, it's a learning experience for all of us. So I think if you can sometimes focus on the learning opportunity rather than the winning, the being the best, the leading, all those sorts of things. Just focus on what can I learn from this? I think sometimes it can help you to lower the stakes because there's always an opportunity to learn. You know, if you fail, you can learn. If you succeed, you can learn. I think it's a slightly more healthy driver than some of the more obvious perfectionist things that you might shoot for. Yeah, and I think tip number five is remembering to run your own race, essentially, which is always one of Helen's favourite quotes. But, it is. Uh, you know, compare yourself to yourself. We're in the midst of kind of the final stages of our book at the moment. And I was writing... Hurrah. hurrah. Yeah, really hurrah. Um, <laughs> so if we both sound a bit tense, that, that's sort of why. We've sort of got about three days to go. And bizarrely, we're recording this podcast in the middle of a day to give ourselves a break, which we never do. Usually it's early in the morning or kind of late at night. So this is our lunch break podcast, essentially. Um, <laughs> and I was writing a bit about Angela Duckworth and what she writes on Grit. And one of the things that she says is that the people who are gritty and she links grit to the people who she's found from her research who are most successful and kind of why they are successful is this kind of gritty nature is that actually what these people do is they don't compare themselves to others. They compare themselves to themselves and try every day to just be that little bit better than they were the day before. And I think that helps to distract you away from, you know, all the things that we talked about at the start of the podcast in terms of social media and feeling pressure that you have to do what maybe other people have done. And it's really hard to not do that because I think we're surrounded by more of it now and you just, you see more of it. And so to just remember kind of why you're doing something. I read another bit of good advice I thought was useful was 
if you are struggling with something or, you know, you're finding you're getting too into something and you can't let go for whatever reason, just ask yourself the question, will this matter in a year's time? And mm, I thought, oh, that's, nice a, that's a really good question. So, mm. and I was thinking about mistakes that I've made. I can actually usually remember most of the mistakes, like bigger mistakes <laughs> that I've made because I find them so hard to take. And I was thinking none of those mistakes mattered 12 months later because, you know, I'm not in a job like a doctor or something like that where those mistakes could matter, obviously way more. And so I think that question helps you with perspective. And I think when you're in that kind of perfectionist moment or kind of getting maybe a bit lost in it, perspective is what you need. And to make that practical, asking yourself the question of, will this matter in 12 months time um, is really useful. So shall I just recap really quickly on the five top tips and then we can talk briefly about some resources that we'll point people to on the blog. Uh, Number one is to reflect on the negative consequences of your perfectionism. Number two is to tune into and adapt your language. Number three is to observe others. Often they're good enough is just that. Number four is to lower the stakes. And number five is to compare yourself to yourself. And so, as always, if you want to access some of the resources that we've mentioned today, um, you can go over to our website and we'll link to them. There's the really good BBC article, which is fascinating, which talks about that research, which was done obviously over a long period of time and thinking about different generations. And then there's a couple of articles that I found that are sort of written by people who have recognised this in themselves and talked a bit about what they've done. So, again, they come at it from different perspectives. So, again, if you're thinking perhaps Helen and I's the way that perfectionism shows up for us is maybe not how it works for you reading some of these kind of first person articles and blogs can be really helpful so there's one on how to stop perfectionism from ruining your life and uh, (laughs) perfectionism anxiety and learning to be kind to yourself Um, and actually that one is particularly written by somebody a woman working in the tech industry and again she talks a bit about kind of the first person and and how she's experienced that and how she's sort of changed her approach over time. The BBC one is really good in terms of the impact, the negative impact and kind of why it's so important to overcome this and to not wear it as a badge of bravado, as we talked about. And then some of the other articles are a bit more like we've talked about today in terms of people sharing their hints and tips. So if you want some extra inspiration, check those out. And thank you as ever for listening to the podcast. We absolutely love our growing community of people that are part of Amazing If and who recognise that squiggly careers can be full of opportunity if you've got the skills to succeed in them. And we're glad that we're hopefully part of your personal development network that can help you with developing those skills. So thank you for being with us and listening and sharing us and rating us and all the lovely stuff that our Amazing If community does. And next week, we have got another guest podcast where we have a guest speaker on the podcast and I think these are going down really well this was again as a little trial that we're doing this year about getting a few different voices on the podcast to inspire you about um, all things squiggly and next week we have got Graham Olcott on the podcast so I interview him and Graham is the founder of a business called Think Productive and he has written numerous books and the one that we really get into is a book called How to Be a Productivity Ninja Ooh. which was basically like productivity therapy for me yeah. um, on <laughs> You love productivity I can't believe you need I, more productivity oh, I, got I got so many tips I basically oh, really? said to Graham help me sort my yeah loads my inbox my uh, my calendar 
and my diary, please. So he's got loads of great um, tools, advice. I mean, he's been doing this for several, several years now and he does it with organisations and individuals and obviously has written a few books on it as well. So have a listen to that one if you think a bit of productivity might help you or your team to be your best at work. So that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.